You are listening to a message by Refuge Community Church. Refuge exists to glorify God by making disciples that shape their communities with the love of Jesus. Happy New Year, everybody. Let's go. Okay. It is an extraordinarily unique day, uh, obviously. Um, Excited to be back with you. Uh, We haven't obviously had service in the past couple of weeks, just giving us some time to rest and to reset and to kind of recoup and to kind of rebalance and that type of thing. Uh, And coming into today, I was so excited to see everyone. I knew that we were going to have a, a, just based off of like between Monday to Thursday, uh, maybe like into Friday, I knew I was like, we're going to have a few people missing. I knew some people had COVID. Uh, I mean, like, you know, that type of thing. And then like Friday, no, 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 it was you know, maybe like Friday night through Saturday. Up until this morning, I started getting inundated with text messages. People like, dude, I'm not going to be there. Uh, I got to quarantine this reason, that reason. I got this, I got that. Uh, sickness and everybody, obviously, we're in the middle of uh, another surge, yet another surge. And so I'm happy to see you. Well, also sad that we can't see everyone else, right? And that type of thing. And so uh, be praying for everybody. Uh, like a lot, I would say the majority of the people not here uh, are not here because they reached out to me and said they have some type of illness, this type of thing. So be praying for them. Thankfully, uh, to uh, give you a measure of uh, assurance, right, or some type of a vote of confidence, everybody seems to be doing well. It doesn't seem like anybody is in any type of, like, severe condition or anything like that, but, uh, but sick, and so be praying for them. But happy New Year. I hope it's been a good couple of days for you and all that good stuff. Um, I'm not much of a resolution person. I'm not a, I'm not a like, hey, I'm going to, you know, read one book a month. Because of school, I got to read like four books a month. So, it's just, <laughs> so that's one of the reasons I'm not vowing to read one book a month. But um, I hope you had a chance to at least set something like goals. I'm not a resolution person, but I'm a goals person. I, uh, I firmly do believe that we were made, uh, one of our values, in fact, in our church is cultivation, primarily because it is our belief that we were made to cultivate things. The life, the creation around us, that's who we are. Um, Genesis 2 actually says that there's not any fruit-bearing trees in uh, the Garden of Eden at that point prior to the fall because there weren't humans to work the garden. So even before the fall, there was the expectation that humans would work and cultivate the world around them in order to see it flourish, in order for them to survive and have food. So we were built and designed to cultivate things around us, and I hope you have thought not just about what the Lord is going to do in you, but, but really how the Lord is going to work through you as well in this upcoming year. What, what you want to see him do in you and what you want to see him do in others through you and what he's doing in you. And so uh, I pray that you've had some of that time to, to sit back and to think through some of that. Maybe some of you watched The Lord of the Rings, and I hope you did. I've talked about it a lot. I've talked about it so much, I didn't even do it. So that's what was really a bummer. I <laughs> talked about it so much, didn't even get a chance to do it. So... Uh, but I hope that was good for you. In addition, I, I should have mentioned this a second ago. As we work through, uh, obviously, uh, another COVID uh, surge, we're kind of monitoring everything, right? Like I said, there was, a, there was an actual part of me uh, when we started getting, like, Sean and Kayla this morning being like, hey, dude, we're sick. We're, we're not going to be there. I'm sorry. Stuff like that where this morning I had a split second where I was like, I, maybe we should cancel today. <laughs> um, and then it was like, okay, I think, you know what, let's. Let's go ahead and do everything we can to, to gather, to worship for those that can, and then uh, others can join us digitally or whatever. 
later on uh, to work through some of the stuff we talked about today. But uh, we're monitoring the situation. So even before any of that happened, like in the past couple of days or this morning, we'd already closed up uh, kids' church. We weren't going to have any refuge kids' classes. We also were obviously going to ask everybody to wear masks and that sort of thing. And so we're kind of taking the numbers in as they come and then responding accordingly to what we see with what we pray is wisdom, trying to strike that balance of our physical safety, which is obviously of the utmost importance, uh, and our uh, spiritual health, which is obviously the other reason that we exist. In fact, I would go so far to say that we exist for this to some extent for the sake of our physical health, in that our physical health is a part of our spiritual health. But our primary goal in this place is to care for our spiritual health. And so we want to strike that balance. And when we're able to gather together for those that are able, we want to. And so we'll keep on giving you updates and keep on giving you um, kind of what's going on as we're monitoring situations and trying to respond in wisdom. Does that sound good? All right. So I think that sounded good to one person. Okay. So that was all side notes. I'm going to take this off now because I've been sucking in air in this thing, and it's kind of doing that little respirator deal where it sucks in with me. Um, hey, we're going to go ahead and jump into our, our time in the Word today where we're going to be, um, we're going to go ahead and just explore the Word of God together, right? This entire, I said it this morning to those of our, our volunteers that, that made it out and set up in here, this time is a corporate time of worship. What that means is that it's not, it's not my time to talk. This is our time to explore God's word and to invite him to engage us and transform us, right? Our time singing isn't, isn't John or whoever's up here singing and then us listening. It's our time to corporately sing to God. This is our time where we corporately come together with brothers and sisters who have sat under the, 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 the joy of what it means to be redeemed and loved by God and then to respond to him together as his people singing, exploring, uh, listening, receiving, responding. This is what this time is for. And so right now, when I, when I say we're going to explore God's word together, I, I mean it. Like, I want you to, to sit in and start getting invested, knowing we're going to think about things together. I'm going to be the one talking, but we're going to think about things together. And as our minds are working and our hearts are working, we believe the spirit of God is going to be working. And he's going to transform us as we consider these words together, as we think through his word together. Right. That that's what we're going to do right now. And that he's going to come and meet us here while we do it. Right. Like like what an incredible thought. And so that's what we're jumping into. Um, but as we get started, this being our, this is our first service of 2022, <laughs> uh, we didn't want to just jump back into regular rhythms. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean, we need to take some time. Uh, today, before we jump into the rest of the year, to, to really set some expectations for what to expect for the rest of this year for our young church. Last year uh, was a great year. It was a fun year. We saw uh, us be able to gather really for the first time ever uh, as a church plant in the summer when we were gathering outside. And it was, I guess that was kind of closer to like late spring or something like that. It was hot, though, and it was sunny. and it, But it was our first time being able to gather together and sing, right? And it was a, a really excuse me, a really far cry, uh, and it was really exciting having just in late 2019 been that group of like nine people meeting in that, in that Cafe Creme coffee shop uh, to then be able to gather outside with several people and really some of us getting to meet each other for the first time and then later last year in August finally being able to get the church off of the ground. That was all really exciting, and in total, 2021, um, it was really great. It was obviously hard. Uh, it was, it was, there was some disheartening moments for everyone. Um, it was difficult. And as a church, it was likewise difficult after 
you know, uh, kind of having all those fun, exciting feelings. Like January of 2020, it's like, we're going to launch a church. And then, like, COVID was like, no, you're not. <laughs> so after all that, really being able to get to a place in August of last year, where we got to meet in here and gather indoors and have, like, a consistent church gathering for the first time. It was really, really fun. It was really, really cool. But the thing is, that doesn't complete our mission as a church. Um, because our mission is not to gather. That's not our mission, right? Um, our mission is not, or was not even to launch our church. Our mission is to glorify God by making disciples, uh, by inviting people to know deeply the love, grace, and, and really transforming power of the good news of Jesus. And, and in that, to help shape homes and communities and families through producing healthy followers of Jesus, right? Healthy followers of Jesus, that was the mission last year. That's the mission this year. It's going to be the mission next year, right? That's why our website is plastered with our mission statement, which is to glorify God by making disciples that shape their communities with the love of Jesus. That's what drives us, right? That's why we do the things we do. It's why we give, uh, you know, all these gifts to Rodriguez Elementary. It's why we go on these prayer walks and, and pray for people door to door and invite them to, to know Jesus, but also just to see what they need and to see how we can help them and serve them and display God's kindness and goodness to them. It's why we invite people into our homes for things like community group or just to hang out and to eat and to, to, to X, Y, and Z, because the mission is to make disciples. It's not just to have church. It's not just to gather. It's not even to launch. It's to make disciples. Right? And while last year we focused a lot on gathering and launching and shaping the community and, and, uh, and serving the community and loving the community in that way with the resources we have, uh, and, and even going as far as to say that we were making sure we were okay, right, because we were walking through a lot of the same stuff with pandemics and COVID and X, Y, and Z, also because it felt like we had an event like every weekend. So, right, making sure we were good and all that stuff. This year, friends, it's time to kind of focus on the mission portion of making disciples, right? That's what this next year is going to look like, forming, producing people who understand the love of Jesus uh, and how that love changes them, how that love transforms them, how that love transforms us, what it means when we understand the depth of that love and when we respond to it well. And what we want to do today is we want to set pace for that and really prepare our hearts for this upcoming year where that's going to be the emphasis, to be honest, more than anything else. Uh, and then from there, to give us a little bit of what to expect as we move forward. Okay, and so to do this, we're going to be uh, first going to work out a solid biblical foundation. And so today, that's what we want to do briefly in 1 Peter 2.9. Sean talked about this like late last year. And so he, he kind of, he dived into a lot more detail than I'm going to. So if you want more details on that, go back and check out what he did today. We're going to use this kind of lay a biblical foundation for the church. And then we're going to kind of set some expectations after that um, for the upcoming year here at Refuge. And so let's go ahead and dive in and get going. Uh, we'll start by rereading this one verse again, First Peter 2, uh, verse 9. It says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Uh, if you can with me, can we just say one more prayer? I want to pray as well uh, over myself and, and really would you just join me. I'm very emotional today, so if I cry, just bear with me. Uh, Father, thank you for this time where we get to sing of your goodness and we get to declare that we're yours. Not because of what we've done, but because of what has been accomplished on our behalf on the cross in the person of Jesus. As we explore what it means to be your children, what it means to be your church today. 
and how we respond to that calling. Help us, Father, transform us. More than that, let us fall in love with you. Let us love you and adore you. In Jesus' name, amen. I had to stop praying because I was going to cry real hard. All right. So, as we jump in today, we're exploring the book of First Peter. Guys, I'm a little rattled. I'm not going to lie. Not just because of, like, we don't have a screen today. And, like, Sean this morning was like, yo, we're all sick. And so we don't have any communion stuff. And then Kelsey came through and got the coffee at the last minute. Let's go. Not just because of all that. Woo! All right. Not all heroes wear capes. Um, not just that. But also, if I'm being honest, I woke up early this morning and I went into my, uh, our new bedroom closet, which is a little bit bigger than our old bedroom closet, um, and I took a few minutes to just pray. And I hadn't prayed in the closet for probably about five years. Uh, it used to be a practice of mine. I used to diligently love going to, took the whole Bible verse about closets real literal, guys, and would pray in, in, in a closet quite often. And I'll be honest, I just felt overwhelmed by God's love this morning. And so as I come here today and I, I look at these words, I'm so desperate for us to dive into them, but I'm probably more desperate for us to grasp this idea of how much God loves us. And so I want to say that because I want that to set the tone of what we're going to look at as we kind of move forward in this text. And as we move forward, looking at some of these words, what they mean, Sean said this, I think, at the, like the last sermon before we went to the Christmas Eve service, that God is love. And so everything he does comes from a position and a posture of loving us. And so when we read these words, we're reading them as from words, uh, as, as words from God that are, that are soaked and steeped and by their nature are, are commissioned by love himself. Right? What a powerful thought. And I think it was extraordinarily powerful because in 1 Peter... Peter's writing a letter to a church in, or to churches in Asia Minor, a region of the world, uh, that was really under a lot of persecution, really under a lot of struggle and oppression, and in need of instruction and in need of encouragement. And hear me, I don't think that in America we are oppressed and, uh, as a church and, and, and uh, discriminated against all that much, especially in Texas, right? Like, we, it, it's... We're in the middle of a coronavirus rage, and we're just like, we're going to come together and sing. So, like, it's not that. Uh, I don't see us as that way at all, yet as individuals, we probably feel some sense of that, of that struggle. But, but corporately, we, we don't necessarily feel that. But it, it's actually in these words of encouragement that Peter offers to the church in Asia Minor that we get a stunning depiction of our life corporately and our life individually who we are and what we're called to. And uh, in this verse that we're in today, he, he starts wanting to encourage the church in Asia Minor in the midst of their struggle and their oppression and the persecution. He, he starts by telling them in, in this depiction, he says, you are a chosen race. It's one of the first encouragements that he starts to offer as we dig into the body of his letter. And, and you are a chosen race. And let's be real, the wording of that is a little strange. All right, a little off-putting if you're not reading it the right way. Uh, You start talking about special races and chosen people, and that can go sideways really fast, uh, really quickly. Historically, that has been the attitude of several people that have committed genocide. And so that is not, hear me, what God is telling us here. He's not telling us that God's people are a part of a special, specific kind of race, but rather that we're a family of people from all different Kinds of people and all different kinds of races that have been chosen by God. 
that have been chosen by God, even in the midst of the culture around them where people were actively choosing against them, choosing other beliefs and even discriminating against them for having the beliefs they held, even in the midst of that, people making them feel inferior and small, God has still chosen them. God has still chosen us. Friends, that's a powerful idea. It's easy to read those words and because we've sat in services like this and heard them words before to gloss over them and to think, okay, but there's something powerful about being looked at in the face, in your eyes and being told, I've chosen you. You're chosen. It's why the the, the chosen one trope and theme is so prevalent in stories, in movies, right? This idea of one person or, or, or a people being marked out and said, you're needed. You're chosen. There's a power, something powerful there. And the power of it for us may be in the fact that there's something very hurtful about being not chosen. There oftentimes there's something very hurtful about being not chosen, about being forgotten, passed over, overlooked. Many of us in this room have stories that have been shaped by being chosen, feeling the weight of responsibility, right, the weight of expectation that sometimes is is unreasonably placed on us. That's true. There's probably some of us in here. And in our church in general, there's I'm sure there's people that are not here today that would say, I felt that more than anything. The feeling of being chosen and unreasonably expected things of. But many of us, maybe more of us, maybe more of us have a story that's deeply shaped by not being chosen. By not being chosen. By the feeling of not being good enough, of not being smart enough, of not being pretty enough. Insert, insert your enough, right? What, what your version of enough was. Maybe it was in a relationship, romantic relationship, friend relationship. Maybe it was at or from a school or maybe a job or a certain type of social circle. Maybe it's even deeper and maybe you felt rejected by uh, or maybe neglected by a parent, a parent in your home, but maybe even worse, a parent that wasn't in your home a parent that wasn't there and maybe wasn't ever there. These feelings shape who we are, right? They oftentimes get into our crawl and they shape how we see ourselves. They shape how we see others and the perceptions that we believe other people have about us. Yet it's into the darkness of that pain that come these words, I've chosen you. You're chosen. By who? By the king of all kings. By God. I choose you. I want to level with you. Is this the truth that you live in? This truth, this truth of being chosen. Of God lovingly looking at you and saying, I, I've chosen you. You're my people. You, I choose you. Do you walk, friend, with your head held high, knowing who you are and knowing who it is that has actually chosen you? Because we are a chosen people. And that reality, right, when Peter says you're a chosen race, a chosen people, that really informs the next description that he gives us. He also says you're a royal priesthood. Right. What does this mean? This is a little bit of a tricky phrase. because It's like, does that mean I'm like a prince or a princess? Eh, kind of. But what he's getting at is that in the Old Testament, priests were responsible for administering the good gifts of God. 
right? When people came to the temple, they came to be reminded of God's grace and receive his forgiveness and know God's mercy and to hear of his love and, and for Israel and for all of creation. And Peter now says, looking at God's people, that's your job now. That's your job now. There was a time where people would go to these temples and receive uh, from God, uh, from the priest, the, the truth of God's grace and goodness and love. But now that's your job. Right now, you're able to share with them and make known to those around you of God's goodness, his grace and his love. You're now in possession of those truths. You're in possession of that love and that grace and that mercy. And we now have the ability, like the priests of old, a, a, a priesthood all to ourselves, to administer and share those gifts of grace with those around us. Friends, this speaks to exactly why we're able to make disciples. Not because we're perfect, right? We're not Mr. Miyagiing somebody, right? We're not kind of showing them, do just like I do. You do that, and then you're golden, right? This isn't the you do as I do Christianity. That, that's not the story. Is there some teaching involved and some instruction involved? Of course, but the substance of making disciples is not what we do, but who we worship and who we follow. That's the substance of making disciples, if the substance of making disciples in our mind lays in our hands and our actions, and we will, of course, at times feel inadequate. And the people that we're leading will also feel the inadequacy of us. But if making disciples and being a disciple is not found in who we are, but the substance of it is found in who we worship and who we follow, then that's good news. Right. That we have the good news of who God is, his character and his love. That's what we share with others. That's what we invite people to know. That's what we invite people to be shaped by. Friends, if you're nervous to share your faith, which I'm expecting some of us are, because sharing your faith can kind of be terrifying at times. Right. If you're scared to pray for someone, if you're scared to just be like, yo, will you come to church with me or even will you like we're having dinner at a friend's house. Would you come and join us for our community group or whatnot? Always remember, you're not inviting them to follow you. You're not inviting them to follow you. You're the humble priest sharing the gifts of God's love and grace. Right. That's who you are. We're a royal priesthood. Again, if you want to dive deeper into that concept, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to Sean's sermon. He did a great job kind of summarizing that piece. But. But he goes on, he says, you're a chosen race, you're a royal priesthood, and then he goes on and says, you're a holy nation. What does this mean? Right, he's throwing a bunch of words we don't use in our day. Does it mean holy as in holier than now? A people called to live perfect and demand perfection from all others that we interact with, and when they don't provide it, to make them feel bad about it. Of course not, right? That's not what Peter means. While Christians are, of course, called to live like Jesus and for Jesus, grace and love to be really the law that we live under. Uh, this idea is the idea of being set apart, having a special purpose, right? That God looks at his people and says, I've set you apart. I have a purpose for you. I have a special purpose for you. In other words, I, I want you to listen to what I'm about to say, because there are times when some of us wrestle with this. You're not a waste of breath and life. You're not a waste of breath and life. You have a purpose. You have a reason for who you are, for the way you've been brought up, for the experiences that you've had, the pains that you've had, the joys that you've had, the cold.
culture you've experienced, the way you perceive the world, right? There's a reason for that. God has uniquely crafted you. And in the community of followers of Jesus set us, including you aside, to say there's a special purpose for you. There's a special purpose for you. And Peter goes on to give us a couple of them, right? The first is beautiful. He's, he says the, one of those purposes is to be a people of his, that's God's possession. A people of God's possession. This has the connotation of being people that God delights in. People that God is proud of. If, if you can think of it like this, the idea of a king looking at his people with pride and delight. Maybe more a father looking at his children with pride and deep affection and love. Friend, you're loved. You're delighted in. It doesn't matter what you've experienced before. It doesn't matter where you've failed or where you're from or what you look like. You're delighted in. God delights in you. You're chosen, blessed, set aside with a purpose. And one of those purposes is just so that you can know I delight in you. I'm proud of you. I love you. That's it. That's the truth of who you are. As a follower of Jesus, you are delighted in. And here's the thing. This is often such an incredibly large roadblock for us. This is a huge roadblock for most of us. Not some of us. Most of us. The idea of being delighted in without the ability of having said I've earned it. The idea of being delighted in without the ability to say, I've earned that, right, is such a roadblock. Because we look at ourselves in the mirror after we've failed or after we've struggled or after we've had some shortcomings or whatever the case is. You know your life. You know where you struggled. You know your deals. And we look at ourselves and we go, how could God delight in me with my shortcomings and my failures, right? Even when other people delight in me, I sometimes have, and I'm being honest, this is me talking to you about Josh. When some when people are also like, man, dude, you're such a good dad. I'm also like, bro, I'm kind of like a rough dad if I'm being honest. Like, you don't see, you see me playing with my kids and you're like, oh, you love your kids so much. You don't see it when Jude is like throwing some down. I'm like, and all I think about when I look at myself and picture the frame dad, I see a man pointing and yelling. That's what I see. When I see, when I hear the words husband, the frame that I often put myself in is a frame that looks like impatience and frustration when things in my house don't go right. That's what I see. And so when I look in the mirror and I'm presented with the idea God delights in you I oftentimes look back at those frames that I see myself in angry impatient frustrated and go how could God delight in that how could he delight in that how could he delight in me but again friend the beauty of this story isn't about what we've done but the beauty of this story is about who we worship and who we follow 
There's a love that's greater than your and my failures, greater than our shortcomings. That love came to us and for us in a baby when we didn't yet know him. He showed us what love really looked like and how he treated and cared for each and every individual that crossed his path. And when his time came, he took that cross himself in our place so that we could know what it meant to be a chosen people. A blessed priesthood set aside to be looked at and said, I delight in you. I delight in you. Because I'm, because I'm good? No, because my son is good. And he took that cross. And when I see you, I see him. And that's what I delight in. I delight in him in you. And now there's nothing you can do to separate my delight from you. What good news. What absolute good news. There's nothing you can do to not be delighted in by God, friend. You're free. You're free. Free from the voice saying you're not enough. Free from the voice saying I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. But free to look and say he's enough. He's sufficient. I'm delighted in, I'm loved, I'm chosen, I'm set aside, I have a purpose, right? Not because we just get to, I was going to go a little, a little sideways there, not because we get to fabricate some type of purpose, fabricate some type of acceptance, fabricate some type of love, but because while we were still sinners, God showed us these things in this, that while we were still sinners. Christ died for us, right? That's what we point to and go, this is not a cheap, cheap moment of me saying I'm chosen. I'm not cheaply saying I have purpose. I'm not cheaply saying that I'm delighted in. It cost, and it costs something beautiful and more valuable than I could ever give. But that's the gift that my God has given me, to be delighted in. Our response now to this idea, though, is at the end point when Peter says, now we're called to proclaim the praises of the one that took us from darkness to light. Refuge Community Church, that's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do. Right? That's what we're called to this year and next year and the year after that to declare the praises of the one who took us from darkness to light from the one that has taken broken pieces and brought them back together to the one that's given us hope for the places that feel like they're still broken, right? Who's given joy for sadness, right? This is, this is the God that we now, in response, are called to declare the praises of this is the one that I follow. That's, that's, that's kind of our call and response to all these things. Right, here's the thing, and, and I, don't, I don't want to beat a dead horse, and here's the thing, I especially don't want to try to like guilt you, because that's not what I want to do here. And so if you hear that in this, please, this is a warning, it's not a guilt trip. Sometimes we can hear the words that I said right now, that Peter's declaring to us right now, that God through Peter is declaring to us right now, about how you're chosen and loved and delighted in, and, and X, Y, and Z, and we begin, we begin to get this if we're not careful and begin to stuff it and stuff it, and stuff it until we're portly of blessing. 
It's like we're chubby in blessing. Right? Just stuffed full. Just stuffed full. And here's the thing, like any good thing, that much intake. You just got out the holidays. You know what it is to eat like nine tamales and be like, man, bro, can't move. Right? Like, just like that, when we sit there and stuff blessing and then we never do what we're called to do in responding to that blessing, it builds conceit, right? It, it builds complacency. It, it, it builds individuality, right? It, it can actually begin to become a curse to us unless we understand this last part where, where Peter is saying, now, in light of all those things, in light of the fact that I've looking at you in the midst of despair, maybe your despair and said, I chose you. I love you. I've set you aside. I've blessed you so that you could administer those blessings to others. And then says, now I want you to go around and declare the praises of the one who's done all that for you. Unless we take that and interject it into our lives, then we can kind of get a little bit complacent and then start to build up all these other negative things. But here's the thing, friends. I don't want that to be us. I don't want that to be you. I don't want that to be me. Right? I, I want us to, to see and hear these things and then respond to them by understanding and finding places to declare the praises of this God, to share the goodness of this God. And so this year as a church, we're going we're gonna to do all that. Right? We're, we're going to have and offer you moments to do that. That's what I'm trying to say. We're going to interject new moments uh, where we actively go and try to share our faith, right? And, and moments where we ask you to pray for people and invite people to church or just invite people to be a part of your life and even more to invite them uh, into a community of people that when they interact with us, they interact with Jesus, right? And that sounds scary, but it's okay because Jesus declared, I'm with you. And when you do that, I'm with you, right? That's, when, that's probably when you feel his presence the most, when we're declaring the praise of the one that's taken us from death to life. And so this is our mission this year, friends, to make disciples, right? By declaring the praises of the one who called us from darkness to light, right? My question for you as we kind of try to bring some of this time to a close is, will you join us there, right? Will you join us there? Will you join us on this mission? Will you join us in declaring the praises of the God who's taken us from darkness to light. Will you join us in declaring his great love and his mercy and his affection and his acceptance and his choosing and what he's done in your life to declare it to others, to see them experience those same things? Right? Will you join us? Again, we're going to give you several ways to do that. Right? We'll have new spaces in the service probably starting in a couple of weeks. Um, because one of them is the opportunity to like greet one another for an extended period of time. And uh, <laughs> being that everybody's like, stay away from me. It's probably not a good time to, to start that. So, so soon, right, we'll have some new spaces in the service to, to engage with others, to, to find a person maybe you haven't seen and to serve them with a prayer or just a smile. We'll have moments where we invite you to pray for the community, to invite people to know God's love and his care by seeing it. Uh, in you sacrificing your time to pursue them, where Christ himself came to seek and save the lost. Right? And, and maybe most vividly is the change in location that we're going to make in a few weeks. Right? As, as most of you know, our original vision was to meet at a school in the community. Uh, the pandemic was like, no, you're not. And so uh, what we ended up doing was 
just trying to find a place to, to start gathering in August. And, and this is where we ended up finding, praise God for this place. Uh, but it's still kind of like driving distance from the area that we want to be in. Um, but we want to be in a location where we're not driving distance, but rather where we're walking distance, uh, a walk that we believe can change people's lives. Right. Um, and so that new location will demand a little bit more from us. And being honest, it'll demand some more setup, some more intent, being a little more intentional with our time maybe being a little more attentive to detail. Uh, but will you join us there? Right. Um, but the point is beyond that is, is will you join us in this? Right. This idea of saying, man, I, I want to deeply consider what you've done for me. And in response, I want to declare the praises I want to declare the praise of the one that's taken me from darkness to light. Whoever will listen, and maybe even those that won't, I'm going to declare right, that response. Will you join us in that? Because if I'm being honest, and I don't want to wax poetic on the, on the point that I'm trying to make here, but our goal and our mission here is not to build refuge. Our goal and our mission here is to glorify God. And to make disciples and declare the praises of the one who's done these beautiful things. And if that means helping build this church in order to do that, great. And the day it means closing this church in order to do that, man, we'll do that. But right now, what it looks like this upcoming year is declaring the goodness of our God. And inviting people to be in walking distance of coming in in a community that doesn't have a lot of churches. A community that rarely gets to hear that good news and say, hey, Sunday, will you walk over here and hear this good news? Hear the one that's chosen you and loved you and delighted in you because he sacrificed his son for you to save you, and to draw you near. Right. That's that's what this year is about. Uh, and I'm excited. I'm excited for that. I'm excited. It got off to an auspicious start here. Uh, <laughs> but nonetheless. Right. It's still exciting because more than anything, I'm excited about what God is going to do in this church to fill you with praise, to fill me with praise and to fill others uh, that have yet to know him with these praises. These praises that declare God's goodness and character. And so let's pray. That's our our hope. That's a bit of where we're going. It's a few of the things that will happen. But but really, I just want to pray to kind of ask the Lord to. To prepare our hearts, to do bold things, yes, but more than that, man, to wrestle with the truths of what it means to be his. And if we're wrestling with that, the response of praising him will not be as bold or as crazy as we think it might be now, if that makes sense. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for, oh man, just your goodness, your love. Thank you, Father, that... um, the things we talk about here man they're not hollow they're not TED talks they don't they're not meant to inspire us in a moment and and make us go oh man I think I got a little a little juice for the next week they're meant to shape us because they're meant to point us to you and the depths of your love to choose us and to bless us and to delight in us to die for us so that we could be yours and sing out about who you are and how we're yours and how 
faithful you are and how loving you are to declare the praises of what you've done and how your faithfulness extends from generation to generation and 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 in my life extends from choice to choice good choice to bad choice to good choice your faithfulness and grace and mercy and love stick by me in every moment let us wrestle with the truths of who you are and what you've done in our lives so that when we say those things they're not hollow words but that they're filled with substance of truth the truth of who you are, of how much you love us and what you've done. I love you and I thank you and I pray these things over us as a community that we would wrestle with these truths and that we would, we would face hard things that we think about ourselves and that they would be punched in the face by the good news of your son at work in us. And through that punching, you would make us new in you, dependent, full of faith and hope, renewed, transformed by your love. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith.